Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. It's a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Ephesians. Today is episode 621. We're looking at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Let's read a passage. Therefore, I, the prisoner in the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. This is Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. Paul's writing this letter from Rome. He's under house arrest there, awaiting the disposition of his appeal that he made to Caesar when he was in Caesarea, being evaluated by the governor. And he's writing letters to individuals and churches from Rome, and his intention with this letter to Ephesus is just to lift them up. He's sending this letter with Tychicus, who's on his way to Colossae to deliver a letter there, and he's dropping off a letter to the Ephesian church on his way. This is the beginning of chapter 4, and this is a transition point, as is often the case in Paul's letters. Chapters 1 through 3 were more doctrinal in nature. Specifically, the doctrine he was dealing with was the doctrine of salvation, and with a real focus on Gentiles. This mystery that's been recently revealed that Gentiles can know God. Gentiles can be reconciled with God. And that's been the whole first half of his letter here. Now, the second half, starting in chapter 4, is putting that into practice. Really more of a, okay, what do we do with all that now? So he begins with, therefore, chapter 4, verse 1. So, therefore, because of all the doctrinal stuff he's dealt with. So what do we do with that? Here's how to live. So he says, I, the prisoner in the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received. Well, this is pretty simply worded. It's, you know, I'm Paul, and I am a prisoner in Rome for the sake of the Lord, but I'm urging you to walk worthy of the calling you have received. Basically, he says, God has called you to know Christ. God has called you to experience forgiveness of sin. God has called you to be justified by faith and to be adopted by him. So live like that. You've already been redeemed. You've already been justified. You've already been adopted by God. So live like it. Live like you are a child of God. And then he describes what that looks like. Verse 2 with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. The key word here is love. Then in verse 3, the key word is unity. So love and unity toward one another. This is what it looks like to walk worthy of this calling you've received. And the words are all pretty obvious, but they all have meaning, and I don't want to gloss over them too quickly. But sometimes it's easy to do that. So he begins verse 2 with all humility and gentleness. Humility is is big. And we all kind of recognize humility when we see it, but it's basically treating others well versus puffing up yourself. So humility is allowing other people to be important. Humility is thinking about others. Humility is focusing on other people rather than yourself. Augustine of Hippo was one of the 
early church leaders. He lived in the late 300s, and so probably around 400 is when he would have written this, but he wrote a lot about what it means to be a Christian. Augustine lived a pretty uh, loose life before he came to Christ. Then he uh, really turned his life around after coming to Christ and wrote a lot about what it looks like to come to Christ. He wrote a letter explaining to somebody, uh, Dioscorus, basically, kind of similarly what Paul is, okay, here's how you follow God. Here's what it looks like. And he says, I wish you to prepare for yourself no other way of seizing or holding the truth than that which has been prepared by him who as God saw the weakness of our goings. So he's basically saying, here's how to live as one called by God. He says, in that way, the first part is humility. The second, humility. The third, humility. And this I would continue to repeat as often as you might ask direction. So his point there is, you want to know what it looks like to follow Christ? You want to live out your life as a follower of Christ? First, humility. Second, humility. Third, humility. And then repeat that. Now, that's not scripture. That's Augustine. But Augustine was a pretty smart guy. But that's his take on his reading of the Bible is humility. You cannot be a faithful follower of Christ without humility. And he links humility with gentleness here. Walk worthy of the calling you've received with all humility and gentleness. Some Bibles translate this as meekness. So when we hear meekness, we think of being timid. We think of cowering. What does the word actually mean? Well, one, one description is it's being under control. In fact, that word meek is used to describe wild animals that have been tamed. They're still powerful animals, but they're under control. And for us to be meek is to be under the control of God. Some people call it power under control. In Matthew 5.5, 5, in the Beatitudes, Jesus said, Blessed are the gentle. In Matthew eleven twenty nine, Jesus said, I am gentle. So Jesus described himself as gentle. In Galatians 5, 23, gentleness is one of the fruits of the Spirit. That is, if the Holy Spirit's at work in your life, an outflow of that is gentleness. So gentleness, it's, well, it's linked with humility here. And I think it links with humility in real life. You don't generally see people truly gentle or meek without humility. And what's the opposite of humility? Pride. And pride is very selfish, self-oriented, puffing myself up. So humility and gentleness. Paul lists those first as that's what it looks like to to walk worthy of this calling you have received. But basically, if God has called you and has made you his people, so act like his people, and the first thing that comes to mind is humility and gentleness. And he adds patience, bearing with one another in love. So patience and bearing with one another, they're linked, but they're not exactly the same. Patience just means waiting being content to wait on something without being impatient. And bearing with one another is specifically putting up with other people. 
what is the church? The church is the collection of God's people, which means we're in the thick of it with people. And the trouble with people is they, they do people things. They act badly at times, act rudely at times, act ungentle and unhumble, that is, prideful. Even at our best, we often step on each other's toes, even inadvertently, and poke each other inadvertently. It's just part of being together with other people. And so one of the aspects of walking worthy of the calling of God is to bear with one another, specifically in love. One of the big lessons of, of peacemaking is being able to just put up with each other, cut each other a lot of slack. The first big topic of how to live out the calling is in love toward one another. And verse 3, making effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So there's a second big thing, unity, love and unity. And so walking worthy of this calling is making every effort. It means you've got to try. Unity doesn't just happen. It's something that takes work because, as we saw, the bearing with one another, it's hard work putting up with each other's nonsense at times. And so make every effort to put up with their nonsense, but for the purpose of unity. So work to keep the unity. Now notice unity of the Spirit. There can be a lot of things that bring about unity. The fact that we all root for the same sports team. We're unified in rooting for our same sports team. We're unified in voting for the same candidate. We're unified in a lot of different things. But this is unity in the Spirit, which means the Spirit defines truth. And we are to unify with the Spirit. I talked to couples about marriage issues. Uh, I'll draw a picture, a triangle, and the top point of the triangle is God. And the husband and wife are the two lower points of the triangle. And each of them has a distance from God and a distance from one another. But if they're both moving up sides of that triangle, getting closer to God, the distance between them gets smaller. And the closer they both get to God, the closer they get to one another. Because God provides that foundational point of truth. Here we see it's the Holy Spirit he's talking about. The Holy Spirit's the one who provides that point of truth. The Holy Spirit's the one who defines how we should get along with one another, how we should work together, how we should love one another. Verse 2, the buried with one another love, that's only empowered by the Holy Spirit. The unity in the Spirit, only through the Holy Spirit can we truly have unity. And it's not just that I agree with you, it's that you and I both are looking to follow the Holy Spirit. And the more open we are to the Holy Spirit, the closer we are to the Holy Spirit, the more unified we will be. So Paul gave all this doctrine about the mystery of Gentiles coming to Christ. Now he's bringing it to a practical point. Therefore, since God has done all these things, God has revealed this mystery, Christ that made it possible for you guys to be reconciled with God through the blood of Jesus Christ, live like it, 
God has called you, so live like it. And the first two aspects of this are love for one another, unity with one another, and unity in the Spirit. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Ephesians.